VGRT Gaming Podcast, episode 708, recorded on January 2nd, 2024. the 708th edition of the TD Gaming Podcast and 541st episode of Video Game Roundtable. I am TJ Denzer. I am Scott Turk. And I am Jonah Falcon. The VGRT Gaming Podcast focuses on game news from around the industry. Right. So let's talk about what we've been playing. I'll say what I've been playing. I've been playing City Skylines 2 and basically I've just been playing that and nothing else. As a matter of fact, I was playing it before I started the podcast. Yeah, I uh, I tried to finish Octopath Traveler two this weekend, didn't, <laughs> but um, I uh, played a bunch of Jackbox over the holidays with my family, and uh, the new the the nine and ten, 10? packs are. Per- I played a little bit of nine and a little bit of ten because nine has Fibbage four in it, and I love that game. Okay. Um, and uh, the antique game, I forget what it's called right now, okay. but uh, and then uh, ten has a TK TKO two, which I love the TKO. I don't know game. why they even, it's the same exact game as TKO one. It's the same exact game. Yeah. I, I don't mind that. Um, so yeah, I have every single Jackbox, just so you know, every single one. Cause I get them as part of my press accounts. The one you're thinking about is Junktopia. I like, yeah, that was a fun one. I, I feel like there's a there's a core set of games that I really gravitate towards in there. I like Drawful, which is an, another reason why I like TKO. Can I ask you a question. Uh, Didn't you? What about uh, a Singing Birds game? Do Re, Dodo Re Mi. It's basically it's basically DDR except you're playing with a bunch of people. Well, not DDR, but Guitar Hero. You know, we uh, we didn't have uh, time to get to that one. Uh, I hadn't tried it. Do, you is can, it good? You can actually play it solo. Huh. You can play one to nine players. Um, it's good, but I'm going to tell you something. Don't take it lightly and play it on your touchscreen. Don't play it on your PC because it can get hard if you let it. See, the instruments go from very, very easy in which you play like five notes for the entire three or four minutes of the song <laughs> you know, for little kids. And then you have the very hard ones, and it's like you have to dance with your fingers on that thing because it gets it gets Guitar Hero through the fire and flame hard. Huh. And that sounds interesting, at least. It's both co-op and competitive. I mean, you get score for how well you do, but if you don't, if you all don't get five stars, the plant eats you. But um, Hypnotorious is weird, uh, and I you can't uh, little note don't play it with four players. It's, it's too easy. You gotta play it with five or more players, because mm-hmm. um, what happens is that then you end up with two jars, and it's like one person is the uh, is the outsider, and it's like, oh, I know who the outsider is. It's this person because it's too obvious. Um, my favorite game still from Jackbox games that I get a chance to play it, but you really have to be in a mode to play it. Is from Jackbox Seven, and it's a weapons drawn. It is hilarious. You've never played Weapons Drawn, have you? No, I haven't. It's hilarious. Oh, I'm sorry. It's in... Uh, oh, no, wait. Is it number eight? 
Yeah, what, I'm sorry, it was in number eight, which, by the way, has Drawful Animate. Have you played uh, Jackbox 8? Um, I don't think I've sat down to that one. Okay, well, if you like Drawful, it has Drawful Animate in which you do make two frames of an animation. That sounds like a blast. Yeah. I like that, I like that idea a lot, because I like Drawful in general. Also, uh, they did something that the other, the first Drawful does not do. Now you really can't tell if it's a human or, or an AI, or not an AI, but one of the things, because it does lowercase all, or has, or has exclamation marks or question marks, and it has some risque stuff that you would never expect from Drawful. So now it's even harder to figure out which one is the, is the fake one. So be careful. <laughs> or the real one. Because it will give you stuff like um, dog with an attitude, and it's all in lowercase, and it has two exclamation points at the end. <laughs> so now you, you, can, you can have easier guesses because it won't exactly... Also, that one also has some of the best games in it as well. Um, it has, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, damn, how do you say that thing? Um, it has uh, the Wheel of Enormous Proportions, which is a fun little trivia game. Oh, it has Pole Mine, which is a lot of people consider the best of any Jackbox game. You know what Pole Mine is? Which one's that? It's Family Feud, basically, except you supply the answers. You supply the survey. And you have two teams, and they have to try and guess. First says, which are the top three answers? And then, which are the top four answers? But you can't take the number one answer. And then it is, okay, we're going to go from eight to one, which is the least popular to most popular. I, I guarantee you'll love Pole Mine if you, if you play it with your family. It is hilarious. But weapons, weapons Drawn, what happens is that um, it's a murder mystery game, and you create your... Uh, <laughs> You create your, your quote-unquote weapons, but it has a letter of your name in it. So you have to hide it with everybody else's letters and their name so that they don't you can't really tell whose weapon it is. And, uh, you know, it, it's hilarious because then you can name the uh, people who are going to get murdered anything you like. Uh, my favorite was Boobs McTitty. <laughs> who killed Boobs McTitty? And, who's, and you also have to guess who it belonged to as well. In order to murder someone, you have to guess who that person belongs to. Um, if you miss, then you just attack again. And you keep trying to attack, and then you're trying to figure out who the murderer is. It's hilarious. It is. But I will say this. If you love Drawful, get 8, because it has Drawful Animate, and it has animation. And I haven't played Drawful Animate in a while. I'm going to have to do that one again. It also has Job Job, which is basically you're creating resumes, and it's, it's a thought for being dirty. Yeah, um, eight is a good one to buy. If you, by the way, are you playing it on PC or, or console? Playing on PC. It's uh, okay. it's easier to take my PC wherever I want to go. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I, I well, I do it online, right? I do a Twitch uh, thing for X have a uh, meetup group. We're actually going to do one on the fifth this Friday. And um, the only thing I wish is I could get some Xbox achievements on it. <laughs> actually, you know, now that I think about it, I could do that, if but I, then I'd have to buy them. Because then I would just run it through um, my uh, console, you know, console stream through to my TV, my PC, and then run it from there. But it's too much work. So I just have all of them, all of them on Epic. Anyways, uh, have you have you been playing uh, Cities uh, Skylines too? 
No, I was uh, I was at my folks for most of the for most of the uh, okay. break, so uh, I didn't have a chance to play as much as I would have liked. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, Jackbox Eight is only eight is only eighteen bucks on Steam. So nice. Uh, what have you been playing there, uh, Scott? I've been playing Trials to Reverie. The uh, oh, he's playing a Trials game. How shocking! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, basically, it's set in Crossbell and Erebonia, and it acts like uh, Sky the Third being a bridge between uh, two arcs, you know, concluding the, the last one and, you know, uh, starting up a hint to the next one. And I'm in the beginning of that now. Are you sure you're not just playing a visual novel? It's not. <laughs> Anyways, um, so we have some quick news. Uh, uh Original Mickey Mouse, now in public domain, uh, which is Steamboat Willie Mickey Mouse, uh, inspires a horror game, and the devs have to address a controversy over neo-Nazi games because four hours after this writing, uh, they changed the name of Infestation 88 to Infestation Origins. Apparently, 88 is a neo-Nazi signal, so you have a game in which you're gassing rats. You may want to change your name. But um, Yeah, that was just dumb and short-sighted. But then again... Well, they didn't know, I mean... I didn't know 88 was a neo-Nazi signal. Well, it's also like people have been rushing to get their their funny little jokes out the door ever since uh, ever since that uh, that announcement was made. And uh, this is a case where maybe you should have uh, thought a little bit harder about that joke before you sent it out there into the universe. Yeah, I mean, they meant 1988. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what's going on with now that Steamboat Willie is public domain. As a matter of fact, Rift Tracks is about to do their version of of, uh, of Steamboat uh, Willie. For those who don't know, Rift Tracks is basically Mystery Science Theater 2000. It's Mike, uh, Kevin, and and Bill, but you don't see any shot of Rama. Uh, yeah, I don't know what Disney is is trying to fight so hard to to. Here's the thing, Disney, you're not losing Mickey Mouse. You'll always be able to use Mickey Mouse, and no one's going to associate Mickey Mouse with anybody but you. And oh, by the way, no one gives a shit about Mickey Mouse anyway. Only as an icon. If you if you want to have characters as your as your uh, as your as your lead characters have um, you know have Woody and 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 uh, and space you know and oh god I can't believe this Woody and uh, Mr. Spaceman you know oh Buzz Lightyear you know those are your, those are your symbols now when people think about Disney they don't think about Mickey Mouse anymore they think about Buzz and Woody and uh, Monsters Inc. Uh, All the princesses. There's a lot of icons, really. I mean, but the forefront, you know, people think of Toy Story. So, um, uh, and now for the comedy of the year, Square Enix intends to be aggressive in applying AI, says their CEO. Yeah, Square Enix also doubled down on blockchain technology and NFTs last year. So, Square Enix is just trying to say we're going to do this technology because it sounds good. I read that letter and they just seem so excited. Like everybody's just going to clap and cheer. And it's like, how are they not reading the room? How can they? I just don't understand how they can't read the room. Well, they're like Konami. They can't. I think I want to know more about like what they're plotting with this because they, they already did a game with Chad AI and the AI was terrible. Do you remember the adventure game? That adventure it, game they tried to do earlier this year with AI in, in, for your parser? It was terrible. They don't know what they're doing. They think they can just, you know, add AI. You know, it's like, oh, we're going to have AI. Yeah. Do you know how long it takes to make a good uh, chatbot? 
Yeah, but uh, like I'm, I wonder about the nature of what they're trying to do with it. Like, are they trying to program something with it? Or are they trying uh, to? Here's the thing: when I think AI, I think of Half Life and Halo. You know, enemy AI. That's what I value. You know, I don't care if it, if it can respond to me in a, as a chatbot because that's what the CEO is thinking about—a chatbot. Because we've always had AI in video games. It just has to be good. Yeah, and like. That's kind of why I wonder about it. I, I, I'm i not ready to say that this is a, the worst idea imaginable yet, just because, like, I don't think all AI technology is bad. I think that why? it's bad. I think, obviously, it becomes a gray area when, when you get, like, AI that's just literally scraping other sources of content and then assembling something from plagiarized Frankenstein parts. But there are things that can be done with AI that are reasonable. Yeah, yeah like enemy AI. Focus on that, Square Enix. I will say I'd rather they talk about AI than NFTs this time around. Yeah, it doesn't seem the same as <laughs> NFTs because, like, that was – NFTs was a sinking ship even when it started. I the don't know why idea, they thought it was the a good only, idea. The only solvent idea behind NFTs was getting the most money for your NFT and then leaving it with someone else before you had to be stuck with the bag. Yeah, it's a greater fool scheme. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, uh, CD Projekt Red is to remain independent. They say they're not going to be bought by anybody. Easy for them to say when they uh, fix Cyberpunk 2077, because when Cyberpunk 2077 first came out, yeah, they looked like they would be right for snatching. Yeah, I mean, like, I never really felt like CD Projekt Red was ever in danger of uh, of being bought out by anyone else, only because, like, even, it, even, even Cyberpunk, which, like, came out to such mixed opinions has made has made tens of millions of dollars and sold tens of millions of copies so like they're they're every game that they're doing even if it's like ridiculously unsustainable they're making a good amount of money on what they do every time yeah but then next year they're bought by microsoft <laughs> that would be a shame i don't want microsoft to own a CD project, CD project right? What don't you don't want? want you don't want Microsoft to buy more IPs. You don't want Microsoft to buy Gwent. I'm asking TJ. You don't want Microsoft to buy Gwent. They don't need Gwent. They have Hearthstone now. Oh, wait, that's Valve, isn't it? The Hearthstone has went down the. Wait, Hearthstone tanked uh, with Valve. No, Hearthstone is one of the things. No, you're thinking of Artifact. Hearthstone is. No, I'm thinking of Hearthstone. Uh, Hearthstone had major problems with play balance. It was just a disaster. Pretty certain you're still thinking of Artifact because Not that's Artifact. the one that's dead completely. Uh, speaking of uh, Valve, <laughs> Hearthstone is uh, the World of Warcraft card game, and it's still doing very good. Speaking of Valve, uh, they're ending all support for Counter Strike Go in favor of Counter Strike 2. You can still play a legacy version of CS:GO, but as of 2024, Valve will stop focusing support on the game. This is significant because everybody's been complaining about Counter Strike 2 and how badly it's been implemented. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> At least they didn't completely get rid of the old game. <laughs> no. I, I'll tell you this. I, I still enjoy playing the original Counter-Strike once in a while. Yeah, there's nothing there's, wrong with it. Like, it doesn't enjoy to play a good play of DS Dust, you know? <laughs> and I think that eventually, like, people will probably feel the same about Counter-Strike 2 that most, of the, that most fans feel about Counter-Strike 1. It's just going to take time for them to, like, get you to fully... Get it up to snuff with the with the Source 2 engine. Anyways. 
I mean, that is the difference. To like, the fact of the matter is, the CS:GO had years upon years upon years upon years to stabilize and then and then expand and get better with every little bit by bit. Counter terrorists win. <laughs> uh, we're gonna move on to regular game news. This is not exactly a, a big week for game news since obviously it's the first week of the year, but. Um, Actors and Wizard, Blizzard workers speak out of, after Bobby Kotick's CEO exit, and this comes from some PC Games N. After 32 years, Bobby Kotick is no longer the CEO of Overwatch 2 maker Activision Blizzard. Wait, what? Hold on. Of all the games that they want to say that Activision is responsible for, they want to say Overwatch 2? <laughs> That's like saying Microsoft is the owner of uh, of uh, uh, Minesweeper. Anyways. <laughs> Following the video game company's monumental merger with Microsoft, Kodak stepped down on Friday, December 29th. Not 24 hours after his leave, current and former uh, workers at Activision Blizzard have taken to social media to share claims of the former CEO not listening to concerns, threatening employees, and being a poor leader. Yeah, it didn't take long, did it? Um, on Twitter, a former Call of Duty programmer, uh, Demonware, Jesus. Hey, you know what? I'm going to say this. Um, about 95% of the developers at Activision were always pulled to play, to do for Call of Duty. So you can say anything. You can say Vicarious Visions. Oh, yeah, a former Call of Duty programmer. <laughs> Broke the silence after Codex's final day as CEO, alleging that the uh, FPS games came out worse due to, his, due to his decisions. In my first month uh, it came out, he threatened to have an employee killed, Christina added. In, in, all, the hands that, in the all hands that followed, no one wanted to speak first. So I demanded his firing in front of everyone. We all need to revolt against people like this every time. The statement first to a situation that transpired in 2006 when Kodak sent a voicemail threatening to have his assistant killed. <laughs> a spokesperson for Kodak said to, uh, told the World Wall Street Journal in 2021 that Kodak deeply regrets saying that, but workers aren't convinced. Uh, uh, current uh, Activision Blizzard Community Development Manager Andy Belford spoke on Kodak's refusal to address employee concerns on Twitter. Workers knew Overwatch 2 would be would have reviewed poorly on Steam and begged higher-ups for more resources, but the demands were reportedly, quote-unquote, all flatly denied. Andy learned that Kodak had pushed for a Steam launch with no additional help to support the community team. This is, the, oh, this is only one example of the culture Kodak bred at Activision Blizzard. Everything flowed downstream, usually landing at the lowest paid and the most overworked individuals. Management was too busy reacting wildly to wildly vacillating direction and decisions that made zero sense. Codex Legacy as CEO may have brought record profits for actors in Blizzard. Well, it's called inflation. But it's clear that employee accounts said his run wasn't celebrated by all. The hope is that current workers uh, the hope for current workers is that his exit inspires a new positive edge for the company under Microsoft, but only time will tell. Okay, you can unload uh, TJ. Yeah, I mean good good riddance. It, of like it's it's a damn shame how many people have been burnt out and probably left the game industry because of this guy. And, uh, and all these stories sort of support that, uh, sort of support that. I mean, we've been saying it for years. Kodak is a, was a parasite in this industry. And, uh, I think the world is going to be, I think, uh, the world as a whole will be better off without him being in charge of anything. Hey, well, you know, give him credit. Without Bobby Kotick, there would be no Respawn Entertainment. I absolutely will not give him credit. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I mean, Vincent Bella and the other guy would have been just paying, doing Call of Duty till the ears, but we never would have gotten Titanfall or Apex Legends uh, from them. Or um, or the Star Wars game with Kyle Kestis. 
on the flip side, we might have gotten uh, Titanfall 3 if not for Bobby Kotick. Could have gotten, we couldn't gotten good Call of Duty games. We could have gotten good games, period, if it weren't for yeah. Bobby Kotick. I'm glad he's out, and I hope I never have to hear about him for a long time. Oh, I, he'll be. I, he'll, the, <laughs> the, wor- the worst thing I can imagine is just waking up one day and hearing, Bobby Kotick has launched a new publisher. No, you know he's going to end up with Zenimax or something. Not Zenimax. Uh, what's the name of that? What's the name of that uh, that 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 casual games company that keeps on seeming to keep failing, but it keeps failing upward? Do you know the, uh, what I'm talking about? Not Zen. It's, it has a name like Zenimax. Hmm. Uh, the one who owned um, Farmville. Oh. Uh, um. I know what you're talking about. Zynga, right? Zynga. So you'll find out that Bobby Kotick is now running Zynga. Because <laughs> have you noticed all the terrible people end up running Zynga? I mean, Don Matrick ended up with Zynga, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he was the CEO of Zynga, uh, of Zynga for a while, and then he stepped down. By that logic, Bobby Kotick could also end up at Unity. Here's an interesting thing. Uh, Microsoft considered purchasing Zynga before Take-Two Act- Interactive acquired the studio in 2022. I think they made hmm. a better choice with with Activision Blizzard, because remember, it isn't the Activision Blizzard they really cared that much about. It was the King. It was, it was King because of Candy Crush. Hmm. They wanted that sweet, sweet, sweet Candy Crush money. Do you do you play Candy Crush? No, I don't. But I know a lot of people who do. I tried it. It was another game that was basically Candy Crush before Candy Crush, and King paid him a lot to to settle the uh, lawsuit because it was he created. The, his own version of Candy Crush to what's it called as a gift for his I think his ailing mother or something like that um, and then Candy Crush copied it and then you know he sued but he he quickly uh, he quickly uh, settled because he wanted the money he, he really didn't need the license for Candy Crush anyways let's move on to the next item uh, go ahead DJ all right Star Wars Outlaws releasing, quote, late 2024 from Eurogamer. Ubisoft's upcoming open world Star Wars game, Outlaws, looks to be set for a late 2024 release. Until today, the Ubisoft game held a much wider ranging 2024 release window. However, a Disney Parks post promoting a variety of events and such for the next 12 months of has Star Wars Outlaws listed as arriving towards the tail end of the year. The, new re- the newly revealed release window provides further compelling evidence that Star Wars Outlaws may indeed be um, the mystery large game that Ubisoft delayed from releasing before the end of, the, of its uh, 2023 fiscal year. Uh, Star Wars Outlaws is in development for PC, Xbox Series X and S, and PlayStation 5. Its planets will be handcrafted rather than procedurally generated, an equivalent in size to two zones in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. That's a big game. That's a very, um, very big game. Ubisoft came out afterwards and said that the, that, uh, the uh, Disney blog was incorrect, and it's just 2024 still. But, yeah. like, it makes more sense. it's still 2024. Yeah. It still makes sense. I mean, I just I think it's right, and they're just covering their ass. But um, yeah, I hope it's not 300 hours long. This is like, like the one game. Yeah, this is like the one Ubisoft game that I'm like actually interested in, just because it's a great idea. Like I said, we I, saw the extended gameplay, and it it looked like gameplay wise a very basic game, 
but it was hitting all the marks well, so... Like the idea of being a just an outlaw in the Star Wars universe, not necessarily a Jedi, not necessarily a Sith, not necessarily with the Rebellion or the Empire. You're just looking out for number one and, and living in this universe that's in a civil war. That sounds fun. Also, they have the uh, Wanted uh, rating, and I'm wondering if you have a Wanted rating, if you can have the Empire angry at you. I wonder if you could ally yourself with the Empire and get the uh, Rebellion angry at you, you know? I wonder if you piss the Empire off enough, will they just use the Death Star to blow up the planet you're on? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> is that like is that like uh, six star wanted level in uh, Star Wars Outlaws? This guy gets to go no matter what. That'd be impressive. <laughs> That'd be the last. That would be an interesting game over. <laughs> you went too far, man. They just blew up the planet you're on. <laughs> I can't. No, Ubisoft should just make another Rayman game. Just get it rolling. <laughs> or Beyond Good and Evil 2, whenever that comes out. Yeah. You know, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 is going to come out before that game, because uh, they have people working on that game, and from what I understand, it's moving along, you know, it's like over half done, so. And I'm glad Vampire the Masquerade 2 Bloodlines is going to come out. You know, it's, I, I would hate for it to become vaporware. Yeah. What I would like to see is, uh, you know, one of the studios just remastered the first game, so it isn't buggy as hell. All new graphics. You know, you don't need the uh, you don't need the uh, um, the Source Engine. Just just do it as a regular Unreal Engine Five game. Anyways, mm. we're gonna move on to the next item. Go ahead, Scott. Okay. <clears throat> Studio behind PlayStation Farewell Games shuts down due to lack of support for VR within the industry. This is from Eurogamer. VR Studio First Contact Entertainment has shut down. The company, which is behind PSVR and PSVR 2 games, Firewall Zero Hour and Firewall Ultra, said the lack of support for VR within the industry has eventually taken its toll. As a AAA VR game developer, we are just not able to justify the expense needed going forward. We are a team of fearless innovators willing to push new technologies to its limits. It's been a wild ride. Thank you. First Contact Entertainment released Firewall Zero Hour on PSVR back in 2018. Follow-up subsequently arrived in PSVR 2 last year in the form of Firewall Ultra. First Contact Entertainment also released Solaris uh, Off-World Combat on both PSVR and Oculus. This was a first-person team-based shooter. The news of First Contact's closure follows multiple other studios' closures and layoffs across the industry over the last 12 months, although these are not attributed to VR. I don't think I'm going to be getting the Oculus Quest 3 anytime soon, it seems like. I didn't realize VR was doing poorly. I thought it was doing good. No. I mean, there's some games that, you know, that come out that say, wow, look at this game on VR, and then doesn't really push the needle. I mean, they had Half-Life Alex, and it's like, okay, that was fun. What's you know? the technology is expanding? Like the, the the Oculus Quest Three is better than the Oculus Quest Two, which was by far better than the other Oculus Quests, and the PSVR Two is better than the PSVR One. The problem is that they're creating this technology, and it's still a niche market, and they're selling this stuff at a loss. Here's the thing. It'll always be a niche market because of the nature of VR. Right. But, uh, like, it, it's 
I'm I'm happy to see that VR innovation is happening because it's a very exciting space. The stuff that I've the good stuff that I've played in VR over the last few years has really impressed me. Humanity from uh, Enhanced Games, uh, the one where you play a Shiba Inu and you guide the people like lemmings through purgatory. That, that, that game, mouse game, the little mouse boss game. Yeah, humanity is can be played VR and not VR, but I think it's like one of the most relaxing things I've ever played in VR. I love that kind of puzzle setup that Enhanced does. And uh but but the fact of the matter is like it's it's still a it's still a hard sell for people cuz VR is still pretty expensive. Like I said, the other problem is that uh graphically VR is always going to lag behind. Because you basically have to have two screens instead of just one. And then you have a small device on your head, basically. Unless you run all the power through your PC. But, you know, that that's a pain in the butt. Easier just to have the uh, type of VR that the Oculus does where you just wear a helmet and you don't have to worry about anything else. The thing is, I haven't used my Oculus Quest 2 in like 10 months, maybe 12. Oh, and the other thing is that the Oculus Quest 2's prices have fallen dramatically. It's bottoming out they're trying to get rid of uh of inventory it's kind of obvious yeah it's a it's a shame because like i kind of do wonder at what point will will facebook be like all right we need to stop wasting so many millions of dollars on this every quarter because it is we 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 report on it every quarter like they they have a special section in the facebook uh and meta financials where they talk about how much VR has costed them, and it's always in the tens of millions. You know, um, at least there's this. At least the Oculus Quest can be, now Steam recognizes and it can be used as a Steam VR, uh, so that you're never going to run out of content for the Oculus Quest 3, even if Meta decides to dump it, you know? Yeah. And uh, I'll still have, there will probably be some things that, uh, regardless of where VR goes, I'll I'll definitely probably still be playing these games well after, uh, regardless of what happens to the technology. Have the you replayed, ga- have you replayed Half-Life, Alex? I have not, but, uh, but I do think that game is a, ma- is like a masterwork of, of design. And you know what out of this last year uh the seventh guest vr was a surprisingly good one like they did a really 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 good job of uh of redesigning that game that was a and surprise a, too yeah and and they even managed to keep the uh the full motion video acting intact where like they had <laughs> real actors portray character like the ghosts of characters and in, in the in the mansion and i kind of loved that that they kept that intact in the game yeah, but like I said, I'm hesitant to buy an Oculus Quest 3 right now. So look for our show notes at GamingPodcast.net. Look on the history news and our gaming history articles. If you enjoy your feedback, leave us comments on our blog at GamingPodcast.net. Also, hit us up at Facebook.com slash GamingPodcast. Subscribe to it on iTunes. Leave us iTunes comments, and I'm going to continue to play some City Skylines, too. Happy gaming, everyone. Have fun. Be cool. Play games, y'all.